This is Philip Van Nostrand, and you are listening to the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. How to make more money and live an epic freelance life. Okay, this is Phil Van Nostrand. You are back with the Epic Freelance Life podcast. I'm here with Megan Taylor, otherwise known as DJ Megan Taylor. And uh, we're here at a DJ conference. I'm actually photographing the conference and she is attending and speaking. Uh, Say hello, Megan. Hello. I'm so excited to be here and excited to be at the conference with you. Yay. Um, this is going to be funny because we're sharing a microphone. I've never done an interview with anybody like in person. Uh, usually it's online with someone else, but I think this should work. So do you have anything to say about uh, your week so far? Yeah, I think it's only like day two, but I feel like it's been a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my favorite thing about this conference is the community. And it, so I'm already like filled with inspiration and ideas. I'm definitely tired. but you know, really grateful that we haven't been able to have this conference in two years. So it's nice to be back together in person. Yeah, exactly. And I've been shooting this for a few years now too. So it's good. Uh, it's nice to see old faces again. So I-, I wanted to interview you because I we just chatted a little bit like yesterday, I think, or the day before. And um, I feel like you've been on a journey. Is that how you would describe maybe the past? Yeah, that's good. I'm still on the journey. Yeah. And um, and so I'm like a little less interested in in... I mean, I'm I'm interested in how you DJ and stuff in your life, but I'm also interested on like where your journey is taking you right now. Um, can you just tell people real quick like what you DJ or how you make money, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so I've been a private event DJ for the last 15 years. So I primarily make my money DJing private events. So I do weddings, social events, corporate events. I also uh, program music, which is a fun project for a lot of restaurants and hotels. And then the pandemic really changed changed my year for making money. It wasn't making money. So recently, uh, last year, I pivoted and I I found myself more in a business consulting place and I strategized and I worked with my best friend who's an author. We launched her book. She hired me to run strategy and I started planning planning some events. And I also opened a nutritional smoothie shop with my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So, okay. I have so many questions for you now already. But one thing I think is uh, super interesting that maybe a lot of people don't know about this world is the world of programming music. Yeah. That's fascinating. So do you have like cool hotel clients or is it just like randoms in your area? Where do you live? I live in Chicago, but I just, I've been programming, like I just did one in Mexico and this really hip hotel in Cihuatanejo. They've all kind of come from relationships or restaurants, people who heard me DJ live. And the, the issue is that like in spaces and hotels, people have a hard time knowing how to t- articulate their brand to music. And it's something that I really love to do. And I, it's a space I think that, that I can fill. So they've come about all different ways, but it's, it's a really fun project to understand the workings, you know, of a client and the different spaces, the different times, how the speakers work and the emotion that they're trying to create. Yeah. And you do uh, like 24 hours of programming for them at a time. Is that how it works or something? No, I kind of break up and I think about like how long are people going to be in the spaces and is it different morning? Is it different in the morning and the afternoon and and, in the evening? Oh, you're smart. Yeah. And then you also think about the build. So it's almost like you're DJing live. You think about that space, but you have to pre-program it. Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing is you actually think about the employees. The servers, the business owners, they just don't want repetitive music. It kills their soul. So a lot of times I do contracts so I can change, keep up the music to keep it fresh. 
Cool. That's amazing. And are you willing to share like how much you get to charge for this kind of thing? Or? Well, I probably, I kind of do it usually hourly. So I'll charge anywhere from $200 per hour, but they'll book a big longer package. And I've kind of recently been up increasing my, my rates because the, the amount of time it really takes to articulate, you know, the brand to the, um, the, to the music is it can take a lot too. So it yeah. sort of depends on the project. Okay. Interesting. Oh, and you know, it was oh. really cool. I'll just say one thing is that, um, what I wasn't making money DJing, I put out on LinkedIn in the pandemic. I was like, yo, I want to make some playlists for you. Let's bring joy. A lot of marketing companies hire me and they would use it at, for their clients. They'd send them playlists for free to their clients. And it, just the power of music again strikes again because people love them and ate them up. Wow, this is cool. So, so you have so many projects going on. It sounds like, but what? Um, and maybe including things that you didn't mention, like what is the most interesting or exciting thing to you right now that's kind of lighting you up? You know, what's lighting me up is this. Um, I didn't mention it, and when I also spent some time living in Mexico. And I ran into this amazing woman um, in the jungle. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This is why I wanted to talk to you now. I remember. Because you moved to Mexico for like months, right? Yeah, I moved there for four months. And I met this woman who had a, a sound healing jungle kind of space. And it was amazing. And long story short, she asked me if I could help her with, to reverb her, reverb her voice in a meditation, which lend, which ended up me flying back to Mexico when I, when I was, went back to Chicago. And I ended up meeting her and her friend. We ended up recording all these sound bowls. I ended up learning how to make beats and we ended up dropping an album. It just came out last yeah. week. And this is during the pandemic? This all happened before? Yeah, it happened in May at the very yeah. end of the pandemic. So I flew out to Seattle with them. I mean, I didn't know how to do any of this. I only knew how to DJ live. And so yeah. I learned about frequencies and music, what sound bowls, what the crystals, all what they all do because they're all very intentional. Yeah. Wait, so you just made an album, you said? Yeah, so we just dropped nine tracks and it came out. Our group is called The Omniscience. Okay. The, how do, omniscience? Yeah. So it's like yeah. Om, which is, yes. you know, a very important sound and Omniscience. And we are doing, and we're, we might do some touring. So we're going to do our first live performance on Friday in Seattle. What the heck? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. It's kind of wild. But what the thing that I love about this project is I love DJing events, but you know, I'm, I'm on a big spiritual journey on myself. And I think the power, there's such a power of music. I think healing, music heals. And I think there's a future that music is about to heal a lot of people in ways we don't even know we haven't even tapped mm -hmm. yet. And it's something that I feel very passionate about to help me so much. So I'm doing something that's really helping people. And that's why I love it. That's beautiful. Side note, I just met... Okay, so did you were you talking to me about baby bathwater? Yeah. So I went to the conference Baby Bathwater like a month or so ago, and I met the president of Brain.fm. Are you familiar with this? No. All right, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look at Brain.fm because this company sort of talks about the healing power of music or the or the music's ability to help us concentrate or focus or sleep or whatever. And so I think they're using um, they're licensing out their the music that they create to like doctor's offices and, and outpatient surgery units for people who are coming out of comas or surgeries to help them like heal faster or like help their bodies sort of regenerate. Have you thought about this at all? Well, I've thought about it a little bit of a different capacity because another thing that's emerging is that psychedelics are now going to be um, legalized. So they're helping people so much with trauma, with PTSD. So they're going to do a ketamine journey, an MDMA journey, a psilocybin journey you know, and they're with a doctor, right? And so these doctors aren't DJs. So they're now hiring DJs to actually help 
actually give the doctors some control. So when they're in their journey, when they're in their healing journey, they can use specific music to help people move through feelings and evoke emotions. Okay. This sounds silly though, when you say it, because it's, it's weird to imagine like a DJ, like a Tiesto style DJ or something like playing in a doctor's office. So I'm assuming the music is very different that you're describing. Yeah, it is. And it's very intentional because there's um, frequencies of music and hertz of music in our ear and our body is trained to listen to them differently. And, and so our bodies have all different responses to music. And so there's a lot of ways we can play with that to actually heal us. And that's why actually sound healing, which is when you use gongs and use bowls, they create a vibration and the vibration actually helps our nervous system. And so it's not always just through our ears, but it's through our bodies. So many yeah. of these things are more intentional. Interesting. Um, I love all of this. And and why is this the most exciting thing to you right now in your life? I think because I have no idea kind of what the fuck we're doing. I mean, I, we do know what we're doing, but it's one of those things like, I have no idea what it's going to become. I'm not doing it for money. I really don't still even know if it's good, you know? So it's such a project that's so in its infancy that I'm excited about. And I, it's kind of takes me out of my perfection, my performance perspective. And I feel like that's really good for me right now. That's awesome. So, ah, there's so many things. (laughs) So I feel like, um, you seem very free, like with the ability to move to Mexico for a few months, um, and sort of, record a thing and then go to a show and like be at this conference. Do you feel you're not tied down in any ways? Are you? Well, I'm tied down in some ways, like around events. So I really have, I'm kind of intentional about how I create space and I just try to do it all. I don't know. I'm really curious actually how you do this because I know you're all over the place as well. And people are always like, wow, you're everywhere. And I used to take pride in that, but I think in all honesty, in some ways I'm burnt out. And I think this conference, I've heard a lot of people talk about like, I really need to say no to more. And I think that's true for me. So I don't really have it all figured out. I really just love being alive and doing the things I want, but I do feel somewhat burnt out. And I know it's not like the best at, you know, sustaining myself. I feel, I feel the same. I'm at this conference shooting this thing. And I'm also like trying to finish editing and returning uh, an engagement shoot, like a huge headshot session that I'm like three weeks behind on. Uh, a photo book from somebody from their birthday party from four months. Like all of this stuff is happening this week and I feel all of that pressure. But I hate saying no. So I think my only solution is just to raise my prices like more and more. I've been doing it and it feels really good, but I can't, I can't say no. So I just have to be like, I'll just price them out. I thought the same thing, but the thing is, is like, I do a lot of weddings. So there's just, there's such a huge demand for weddings next year. And I thought I'd price them out, but people were like, yeah, it sounds good. And so maybe I'm not <laughs> charging enough, but I also... I also think as a creative, like we really, I have to say no to things beyond just the pricing. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, oh yeah, you talked about this earlier to me. You were saying it doesn't matter if you get paid like $10,000 or 20 or whatever. Like it's still, if it's not worth it, then it's like not worth it for your soul, right? Yeah, and I'm trying to really figure out what those things are. And I was actually, this was part of my talk today. It's like, and I'm coaching with a woman. She's like, Megan, is it, are you, is it a fuck yes? I'm like, well, it's a, it's a, yeah, I think it sounds good. She's like, that's, that's not a fuck yes. And she challenged me to only say yes to things that are a fuck yes. Lots of so swearing funny. here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, um, that, that, I mean, that concept was coined by Derek Sivers, who said, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no, yeah. right? I have heard that. That's exactly what it is. Do you live by that? No, not really. I'm really bad. Uh, 
I well, yes and no. I want to say that like I've definitely been designing my life for the past 15, 20 years. Almost like almost everything that happens in my life is because I I want it to be happening. So and, and it's tricky because I'll say yes to like a corporate photo job that doesn't that I might not show or that is like a little boring, but it's still exciting to me because I can make like a thousand dollars an hour, which is crazy. That happened to me two weeks ago, actually, like right before I flew to Greece. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll work for four hours and get paid $4,000. And like, I'm okay. With that. That's still a hell yes to me, even yeah. if it's not like, I don't know, even if I missed a day of Greece, like I'm in. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I think we all have all these like sorts in our head that we make. And a lot of them are from learns, right? You know, we've learned about, well, that's what I do. Like I'm taking time off in January and February. So I'm like, I'm just going to work my ass off now, which is great because it really supports me. It gives me the abundance to feel like I can take time off. I've also realized this too. It's like, I think knowing ourselves is really important. And, and, and I think that's been part of my journey because when I really know what's in alignment for me, cause I don't always. So that's been a huge piece of it is like, who am I? What's my purpose? What's my mission? And is this aligned to it? And that, and that can be crystal clear. It's, it's much easier said than done, but I've worked really hard on, on that aspect of it as well. What's your mission? <laughs> um, you know, my mission, I think right now, cause it kind of changes too, is to really lead from example. And I'm such a big believer in turning myself inside out because I want other people to do the same thing. Because I think we can't really, what I've experienced is to really experience the fullness of life, we need to know ourselves. And I kind of head straight into the darkness sometimes. Like I'm not afraid to do the hard work and it's always paid off. Uh, I just want to say yes. And <laughs> I, um, I've i been doing men's work. Like I've been a part of Mankind Project for the past 12, 13 years. And uh, we talk a lot about mission and purpose and sort of living our mission in the world, not just like at our, at our weekly meetings or whatever. Um, but I, I totally, I love this question now. And I think it's going to be like, uh, kind of a coaching question for me with a lot of people is like, what's your mission? So you said living by living your by example. Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I think sometimes we're, because I obviously want to be of service, right? And I, what I used to think was mission was like this big thing. Well, I'm going to, and I, and people are like, and I might, when I'm older, like I care about the water. So I'm really going to help preserve the waters, you know, because waters can be in scarcity in the future. But for me, I think mission is like almost like a verb. It's really in the moment to moment. I kind of, maybe what you were saying about the mankind project. It's like, how am I how am I showing up in this moment? And I just really try to reveal myself, but you kind of have to know yourself to reveal yourself. So that's kind of what I lead from right now. Okay, cool. And and you said you've been doing like the work or deep work kind yeah. of, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like you I heard you say in your talk that you recently stopped drinking yeah. and you, you also just said right now that you have a coach. So what are the ways that you're sort of going going diving deep inside? I have probably tried it all, you know? Luckily, when I was like 22, I went on a women's retreat before self-improvement and these seminars were a thing. And it really changed my life because I was like, holy shit, I just have so much more potential than I, I thought I had. I'm from kind of a small town and this just sort of wasn't in the language that I grew up with. And so I've had, you know, I remember my 20s when people were like, I couldn't afford a second bedroom. A bedroom. I would live in a studio because I wanted to do this like self growth development course. And at that time, I was like felt insecure, but it was the best thing I ever did. So I've always heavily invested in myself with coaching, with a seminar. I got a master's in uh, 
transformational leadership. And I've done a lot of why and spiritually I've done, I do like spiritual pilgrimages around the world with, with a, with a specific group. What? Yeah. What, what group? (laughs) Um, it's where I got my, it's called the right foundation in Chicago. Okay. Sounds like a cult. Yeah. People probably definitely have thought I was in a, of a cult, but basically the group picks a different (laughs) spiritual group, a spiritual place around the world. And we go there and we really like learn and we talk to the leaders but the cool thing isn't just like, wow, what are they doing? We, we apply it to ourselves. I mean, basically, I'm just a big fan of getting out of your comfort zone because there's so much to learn and I'm very humbled all of the time. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's not a cult, but I'm, I'm now I'm curious to look it up because I never heard of this before. It sounds fascinating yeah, and you know, weird. I think that so many things that are deemed, you know, these educational things are deemed a cult. You know, churches are kind of cults in some ways too. I used to be, it used to be a trigger. I'm like, it's not a cult. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit. You know what that, I mean? That's what people... People say about the men's mankind. work that I do. Yeah, Mankind Project has like, if you Google search it enough, there'll be like interesting results. But yeah, and I always think, I think people are, it can be threatening to people when people are sort of diving in and kind of learning, empowering people, you know, and the methodology is kind of odd sometimes. You know, you could be working on your anger, you could be saying stuff that's not appropriate, but a lot of those things actually help us in the long run and they're very practical. Yeah, I think, and sidebar here, I guess, like it, it's, the only thing to be wary of is when like there's a lot of money involved or like leaders who are sort of, you know, isolating you from friends or family and stuff. And that's when it gets like cultish, I think. But Yeah. And I think too, um, I think they've been outing, like there's a lot of documentaries. I find them fascinating about cults. And I, what I've learned is, and I think there's a trend going, like there's a lot of seeking. And I, I myself was seeking for someone to save me, but I think people can heal themselves. People can help themselves. And so anything, when you're ever looking, you need somebody else. I think that's the danger, you know? Yeah, I like that. So tell me a little bit. We I, This is going to be a quick one, unfortunately, but I love talking to you. Oh, we've done I know. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe how fast this is going. I know. Sorry. Usually, that's why it's usually 45 minutes because we there's like a lot. But, um, but we have a conference to get back to. <laughs> and I'm supposed to shoot something in like five minutes. So... Um, I want to know just a little bit more about like the not drinking. How long have you not, how long have you been drinking and how long have you not been drinking and how has that helped your life? I, you know, I was definitely like a party girl in college in my twenties. I partied, but when I was doing all this sort of self-development, it was like, it didn't really work out, but I was just wanted to drink. And then I'm a DJ. I don't drink when I, wait, how old are you? I'm 39. Okay. And I'm 40. You are? Yeah, yeah. Turn, just turned in June. I went, you have baby face. <laughs> uh, well, not drinking definitely helps with the complexion. So I quit drink. So for a long time, I just felt like I should give it up. It didn't resonate. But I officially gave it up last August of 2020. So I guess it's been about 15 months. And it's been the gift that keeps on giving, which I didn't expect. And it's what I'll say is that I didn't really drink that much before. And there's a big difference between not drinking and drinking a little bit for me personally. And it's given me so much space to do the things that I really want to do and be more on my own side. And it's been very uncomfortable in many ways. I could do an hour talk on this, um, but I'm a big fan of people that are being sober curious. And I just sort of don't, the, the level that I want to function, there's no way that I could do with alcohol. I love this. Uh, you should know that I've never drank my whole really? life, actually. Yeah, I never got into it. I've never had a beer in my life. Really? That's crazy, yeah? That's amazing. So, yeah, but um, maybe why I have a baby face. Also not married or kids, so <laughs> it's a lot of things keeping me fresh. Yes. But um, but yeah, I, I don't have like lots to say about the drinking stuff, but I, I what I loved 
hearing you say on stage was that um, as you shared your journey, um, and it could be like, for, for me, it wasn't drinking. It was like leaving my church because I was like very, very involved in the evangelical Christian world. And when I finally wrote about it online, um, I had so many people come to me tell it, like sharing their story, like ex-Mormons who got like uh, blacklisted from their church and like, and my old youth group kids that I used to pastor and stuff. And so all these people came out and, and, and it, it was like healing for me to, to, I held a lot of shame around leaving the church and, and it was so amazing to be able to share and then, and then see what love there was in the universe wow. for me afterwards. And I'm assuming you've experienced a little bit of this as well. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have DM'd me and asked me and told me about it. And I was saying that I got bookings because of it. Because I've been kind of vocal about my journey with not drinking. And I think now there's a big movement for people not drinking. But I, I just, it wasn't in my ethos. Like it wasn't in my orbit of not drinking. So I've kind of changed. So much has changed as a result of it. And I, people like meeting people like you, You've never drank, you know, and you could, it's my circle of friends have kind of changed yeah. as well. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to, to not drink because nobody realizes who's not drinking at a party. Like, yeah. cause they go, they go bed to bed a little bit early or, or they're quiet, you know, they're having like a real conversation in the corner somewhere. And so, but, but I think if you're introverted or you're not a drinker, like it's, it's totally possible to be out and about and stuff and still, and find the other sober people or find, you know what I mean? Like yeah. find that there's not, you don't have to be like on top of the table to be enjoying your evening, right? Yeah. yeah. In fact, in so many ways, it's just been, it's like not a big deal anymore, you know, where I thought it was going to be a big deal. And it was just kind of all made up in my head and it's been a lot easier. And like, again, like the gift that keeps on giving, cause I've just had so much, I feel so good. I mean, I really work out so much better now and I like dialed into like even more of a health nut because of it, just because you really start to feel so good optimistic. I love this. So maybe final question for you. Um, it's November 2021 right now. What's going to be different about 2022 for you? This is how we know you're living an epic freelance life. Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. You're very good at interviewing, by the way. You know, I don't really have... So I'm taking... So what? when I moved to Mexico, I was blessed with time off. And I was like, I really want to live more from a place of stillness and having more rest and more of doing more of the things I want. So then I came back to Chicago and I totally failed at that. You know, this fall, same. I was like in the rat race and you know, that for a lot of different circumstances. So I carved out some beginning, beginning of the year and, um, to go to take some time off to go back to Mexico to like really feel my creativity. And, um, I've been also a, really, this is what I've been, this is what I'm getting coaching on. This is what I'm spending a lot, you know, money and investment on, uh, designing a life really around that, that heck yes, you know, for me. So that's kind of, I think, you, you went from fuck yes to heck yes. I know you would, you talked about how many times I was discussing. I'm trying to limit it. <laughs> Explicit lyrics or so, lyrics, expressive voices. <laughs> so, so next year will be a year of hell yes for you yes. mainly. Yes. Mainly. Yeah, as much I, as you can. See, you know, and there's such a flow. I feel like I always try to like, I put out intentions, but there's also a flow of just beautiful things that happen. So I'm trying to keep up that adventure. Okay. And I'll, I'll look for the omniscience when they come through New yeah. York to perform. Yes, please do. You'll come to, I'll have to come to our, our show. All right. Thank you so much, Megan. This is awesome. I'm sure we could talk for another hour, but we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so, so good to be with you in person. Yeah. Rockin'. Bye. 